Wake up, wake up, wherever you are. You're on the station that plays what you want, when you want. 103.9787, and you're clocking into the smooth one. Tonight is the night, and you know it. We're about to stomp into the 90s. We'll be right back after these messages. Wake up wherever you are. You're on the station that plays what you want, when you want. 103.9787, and you're clocking into the smooth one. Tonight is the night, and you know it. We're about to stomp into the 90s. We'll be right back after these messages. I can't use. I want money. That's what I want. That's what I want. 
12 o'clock.
I held the glass to my lips and did not answer. I could feel the blood rushing to my face. I do watercolors, he added, and he started to roll a cigarette with his thin fingers. I stood up to leave, filled with a sort of terror at what he was suggesting. I'm here with a friend. Don't go, he said. I have to. He sighed quite loudly and looked frankly at me. It was the look a hungry person might give a juicy steak. I enjoyed it. I looked briefly at his thighs, which were straining his pants, and imagined what they would be like to touch. I shook my head. He followed me back into the gallery where I attached myself to Virginia and Alice. Virginia, reeling with drink, was telling Alice what a genius she was. Alice just stood there pale and drained, with a sad little smile on her face. When I turned around, Philip was right behind me, standing back, but close enough to touch. I grabbed Virginia's hand and squeezed it, asking her to leave with me, but she ignored me with a hazy smile and started in again, telling Alice how brilliant she was. And Alice stood there, rooted to the spot, letting the words bounce off her. I left the two of them and went to the entrance to get my coat. Philip followed right behind me. My studio is real close, he said. I smiled but shook my head. He was looking at me with such frank sexual interest that I buttoned my coat all the way up to my neck. He came so close I could see the gold flecks in his eyes. He pinned me to the wall with his arms. Why not? Was his desire contagious? I felt myself get warm, felt a temptation to ignore the gold band on my finger and pay attention to the intemperate stirrings of my nature. But torn between the possibility of pleasure and my duty, I merely trembled in my heavy black coat. I couldn't look him in the face. I broke away without speaking and quickly got out the door and walked fast down the block. It was a cold, drizzly, foggy San Francisco night. It dawned on me suddenly that I hadn't brought my car, but had come with Virginia. Only now I was afraid to turn back. I was near Grant Avenue and could hear the buzz of Chinatown and see the lights through the haze. I walked toward it. Where are you going? I turned around and there he was. Home, I called out over my shoulder. You live here? You live in Chinatown? I kept walking. I rushed into the first open shop I saw and hid myself among all the gee-gaws and colorful junk. The store smelled of sandalwood and the damp. I looked at myself in one of the small plastic mirrors for sale and saw that all the makeup I had put on that evening was still there. My coal-rimmed eyes looked pale and sleepy, but the lashes were jet black and brittle. My mouth was wonderfully red and moist. He came up silently behind me. I felt his breath on my ear. Let's go, he said. I turned and he was smiling wistfully. 
His delicate hands were hidden in his pockets. Oh, I wanted to say so much, but only oh came out. I wanted to say that I didn't do that sort of thing, that I was not the pickup type of woman. When it dawned on me that while Anne didn't go off with strange men, it was just the thing that Nina might get into. We walked out of the shop together. In the street, he put his arm around me and held me close. He was so much taller than I. My face touched the leather of his jacket and my hair was below his chin. We walked like this without speaking. Once he pulled me into a dark doorway and held my face up and kissed me, sticking his tongue deep into my mouth and licking it slowly. We continued our walk to his place, silently vibrating with expectation. His studio was small and poorly furnished, but there were paintings everywhere, so that when he turned on the light, I was startled. The watercolors were all of nude women, very large and realistic. The colors were brilliant and overlaid in a way that made the flesh seem to glow. All the nudes were postured so that their sex was pushed forward and each wore a whimsical little hat.
definitely got played today. We got played. Ice Cube came in here and tried to take over the station. His ass is in jail right now. And we're getting into another 45 minutes of continuous non-stop music here on the station that plays what you want, when you want it. The sun is shining, the grass is green, the orange and palm tree sway. There's never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A. But it's December the 24th, and I am longing to be up north. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas.
FM. Happy holidays, folks. Remember, if you're drinking, don't drive, and if you drive, don't drink. attention to allowing your whole body to relax and as you do this you become drowsier and drowsier and sleepier and sleepier and you soon drift off into a Inside her panties, as her body shook with excitement and fear, he took her hand and placed it against his swollen penis. She had felt the heat and tautness of him, the ridge of his glands pushing against the constraints of his clothes. And as you lay there, Enjoying this wonderful feeling of relaxation. Not wanting or expecting anything. I want you just to let your mind wander. And your imagination drift. And imagine now that you are standing on the terrace of a large old house. A house like a stately home or country mansion. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a
satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call the French duh, not the duh duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with. Mike Spiegelman. God, I love that song. Hi, welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good to be here. Look look at my smile. I'm smiling from that song you wrote, that theme song for our show. Our show, by the way, is streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm. Why don't you check out mutinyradio.fm? Why don't you go find mutinyradio.fm? What are you, a punk? Stop challenging me. I'll do it. All right. Thank you. A lot of great programming on mutinyradio.fm. Not .com. .fm. No, .fm. It's like a radio station. Oh. The Mission District of San Francisco. We're on every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What is this? What is this donut button? Oh, it's not going to offer you donut. It's actually pronounced donate. Oh. Yes, yeah, so you can go throw a couple bucks towards Mutiny Radio. That helps the station. Go well, to couple Menmo. Means two. Yeah, give two bucks. Oh, go to yeah. Menmo yeah. at Mutiny Radio. Yeah. Throw two bucks. Write down L W A F L M O Y T sent you. That's our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. You want to see our YouTube video? Subscribe to L W A F L M O Y T. You prefer the old school podcast? Subscribe to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what movie are we watching on YouTube this week? We are watching The Jazz Singer, 1927. Sorry. Uh, You read my line. 1927. Not 1979. Correct. Now, we've watched. Yeah, what channel should we check out? Girl Boss. Okay, girl boss, girl boss videos. Check it out. They are funny. We want you to go to your YouTube. Type in the Jazz Singer 1927, not 79. You will find Girl Boss hosting the full movie. Click the link, hit pause, move it to zero zero zero. We are celebrating the movies this year that are now part of the public domain. These are movies that were produced in 1927, including the Jazz That's Singer. Good. Hey, I heard it's a good movie, Carl. <laughs> what people have been really talking it up. Oh, well, that's the buzz. <laughs> oh, well, we should save it for the movie. So we now at this point, you have the movie paused. And maybe you don't. Maybe you need a couple minutes. Well, we'll offer you a couple minutes. Carl has actually not only produces the show, researched the movie, has stuff to t- tell me about this film, which I've never seen. And he wrote the theme song. He also hosts our celebrity comedian in our little segment called Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Clint Esposito. Welcome, Clint. Thank you for having me, Carl. Now, you and I are out there on the scene together doing comedy. 
I seen you at a million open mics, but I also seen you on serious, serious ass shows, right? Very, very now, serious. You just recently booked me on the serious show in Dunellen, right? At the Dunellen Theater. Now yeah. they don't show movies there anymore. Tell me how you got associated with this theater and how you got this opportunity. Uh, so the owner, actually, I raised, I grew up, this plugs in, I grew up racing motocross with him. Uh -huh. And I helped a motocross podcast do a live show the Friday before Supercross, which is a big indoor motocross race that they have a giant stadium periodically. I helped them set the show up here in New Jersey. Richie came to that show and was like, you know, I have a theater, right? And I was like, no. So then <laughs> that's kind of how that went. Now. I did want to raise that. I uh, ignorantly am calling it dirt bikes, like you used to have some hobby, but no, but this was motocross. This was earlier in your life. You would arrange tours and, and get the players and all the people. And, and then there was the ticket sales and there was dealing with the venues. And there was, tell us about this life, which isn't with you anymore. It was earlier in your life. Tell us about this how it went down and, and, and how you're out of it now and why. So uh, basically as a kid, I was in the sports. Eventually I found dirt bikes and motocross. Um, and then I, that's all I wanted to do was be a professional motocross racer, which I did have a pro license and I did that for three years. But then I actually got uh, offered to do a monster truck show, a monster jam, and jump the ramp and do the tricks. Okay. So where racing is all depends dependent upon how you finish. So freestyling knew what I was going to get paid, that my room was going to get paid for, yada yada, before I even showed up. Yeah. So I started riding shows for somebody else, and then obviously I saw the opportunity, so I started my own company, built my own ramps, and started booking all my own shows. Now I I'm I'm still being ignorant. It's not motor cross. It's moto. Moto. Um, yeah, <laughs> moto cross, and then the other one is freestyle motocross, where you do the tricks. All right. Uh, and then mm. I had been hurt a bunch of times throughout doing that, but then finally I think I got a little older, and uh -huh. it it was more uh, of an inconvenience as mm -hmm. you get older, and then I basically. Yeah, kind of walked away from it because just booking the shows on their own, there's not that much overhead. So I walked away from that. And actually, while I was still booking shows, I'd gotten hurt. And I was mm -hmm. announcing one of my shows instead of hiring an announcer because uh, I couldn't ride anyway. And I started just kind of slipping jokes in. And for myself, I was just, I don't know, talking, you know, crap. And... I started seeing some people laughing and I was like, oh, I'm just in the wrong like, <laughs> venue for this. So <laughs> after I stopped riding, I thought about what I'd like to kind of pursue. And comedy was something I felt like I could see myself doing because there were athletic people, you know, that are comedians and um, all different types of people can be a comedian. Doesn't yes. matter. Yes, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of convinced myself that I could do that. And it's also something where you have the opportunity to travel and you still get the butterflies of performing. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was my next question, how you got to comedy. And it seems like it was a natural transition. You didn't expect, I mean, it came naturally, but you were just announcing, you know. So in the same way you had your business smarts with the Moto Cross, Moto's got more mojo than murder, right? Yeah. But when the same way you had your business going with the motocross, with the with the monster trucks, right? You also bring that to comedy. I mean, you're really a comedy producer. Uh, an editor and video, you know, you know your way around the internet and you've got your, I mean, what is it? You you have um, livestreamcomedy.com, which you right. made up during the pandemic. Tell me about the birth of that site. So basically while all the clubs were shut down during the pandemic, I was like, we need to start doing uh, more online stuff. So I looked and livestreamcomedy.com was available, which mm -hmm. was pretty uh, surprising. So actually, I had you on um, some shows. I did Puntagious with Steve Poston, right? That's right. It was just That's all right. show. And then I'd also done some eventually, which I want to bring back. The theater doesn't have the best internet because it's yeah, a hundred yeah. year old theater. Uh, so I want to bring back the, the live stream comedy show, which was Vic Sedenio and I would host. And then uh -huh. I would actually have all these boards here and cut back and forth between cameras. And it was a lot, it was a sketch show. We would pre-record sketches. I would play them on a TV. Uh, and then we would also have people do live stand-up. So I was trying to basically make a show that was a good format for people in the room and people online. Perfect. Yeah. That's so, the, and you're thinking about bringing that back, like you said. Once I have a room where some internet uh, can handle live streaming, yeah, I'm gonna bring it now back. Now, you're working on a new room now, right? A new room in Hackettstown. That's right. Uh, Mama's, I think it is. And you're yeah. you're kicking off the first one with uh, Camacho. Uh, right. Tell me about this room and tell me about uh, what your plans are for it. I mean, maybe this livestream.com, livestreamcomedy.com. So the deal with that is Mama's is the actual, uh, it's a restaurant, Italian restaurant that's been here in Hackettstown for like 50 years. Everybody knows Mama's. And actually there's an old, it was an old quick check. They built a new quick, quick check across the road and it was empty for years. And finally they bought it and made it an event space. Uh-huh, perfect. So they totally redid the whole uh, space. And it's been, you know, empty. They basically just finished it. They're really promoting it. So then I approached them and was like, I would love to work with you guys because I want to have a room closer uh, to home here. And I want to have something like once a month is the goal. And they were excited about it because, you know, they are trying to get people in the room so that they know it's there and they see that it's a great space. And Mama's actually caters the event. So with your ticket price, you get um, a full meal. Mm -hmm. You get a choice of different pastas and chicken or eggplant rollatini. You get uh -huh. uh, garlic knots. They have uh, coffee, soft drinks, cookies. It's a full, full deal. Yeah, full menu there and full yeah. menu of comedy as well. With That's James right. Camacho kicking it off, who's he's a big deal, right? He was yeah. on... James tours around the whole country, you know, just doing yeah. stand-up. So. Yeah, yeah. 
He's been at Scotty's too. Uh, it was a while back, but uh, but but he's out there for real. And I wish you good luck with this room. And it's good that it's close by, and it probably has much better internet. And you're probably going to get something going on. Now, okay. I want to bring you. I want to ask people about social media and internet and stuff like that. But I know that you do a lot of work for other comedians, um, helping them with their online presence. One of them is Aaron Berg. So tell me how you fell into that and what you're editing and what you're doing for him and for other comedians on the internet. Well, right now, actually, I'm just, I'm full force trying to push uh, my own brand. Okay. Um, but with Aaron, I actually produced his Patreon, which was the bodybuilder. Uh -huh. And it was about getting into shape. Mm. So, uh, and that I produced the... A podcast for the dojo of comedy before I produced right. two podcasts for them. And that's actually how I got referred to work with Aaron. Gotcha. So, okay. But okay. now I'm, like I said, uh, just basically trying to use all of my skills to push my own brand. So that way I can get hired at more comedy clubs and come tour to a city near where every, everybody, exactly. You, well, you're <laughs> Not by That's you. Close. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, this is, this, is, this is broadcasting out of San Francisco, so maybe you know, San Francisco. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so Clint Esposito, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie. Tell us how people can watch, uh, catch up with you on the internet, on social media. How do people find you out there and follow you? We've already mentioned. Uh, Livestreamcomedy.com, and that's a place. I think that's an alias for Clint Esposito. Dot com right yeah that's a basically the page with all the shows or the area with all the shows is linked to livestreamcomedy.com but once again i just put everything on my personal site because i'm trying to get my own name out there so yeah. we might as well drive everything to one place but yeah the website is or my personal website is clintesposito.com and i'm basically just clint esposito on everything all social media uh, yeah facebook instagram youtube you i'm really pushing instagram and youtube uh mm -hmm. and as far as i know i'm the only clint esposito so there's that's a plus that's a very big plus now it's e-s-p-i-s-i-t-o nope. e what e-s-p-o-s-i-t-o <laughs> okay i think i'll edit that out okay <laughs> oh I no E S P O S I T O. Okay. Okay, and Espedizito, it's E S P O S I T O. E S P O S I T O. And okay. Clint like Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, like Clint Esposito. Some people will say, okay. you know, in the year 2080, right? Like Clint Esposito. Okay, now Clint, everyone at home, Clint Esposito is poised to watch this film at the exact same time we do here in the studio. So okay. everyone at home must press play at their YouTube device at the same time we do is press play here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Clint Esposito, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, celebrity comedian countdown. And celebrity comedian who did the countdown. Yes. And to all the countdowns that have celebrity comedians, they this is the overture. You can find your seat. 
Yeah, now, Mike, unfortunately, we're going to have to listen to an overture. I don't. We're going to have to, or people at home will get sick. I want to fast forward. Well, that's because you're not an audience member from 1927. Had Correct. you been an audience, you'd be like, what's that weird noise coming from this silent movie house? This film is considered the first talkie. It is. Movie, the first movie talkie. The first movie talkie was my great-great-grandfather, Mike Spiegelman the first, who you was told, during the movie? shut up. Yeah. Will you please? <laughs> I can't hear the piano. This is a talkie. And, you know, my great-great-grandfather, Mike Spiegelman the first, would say, it's a silent movie. <laughs> so shut up. So who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, I know. Of his time. Here's a prick. No, the now, these are is, all the songs that we're going to hear in an overture? Uh, yeah, that's right. It's all sort of uh, opera together. Um, that's the opera wrong together. Word. Yeah, so that it can be like, it is all the themes that we will hear. The thing is, you know, there's a, it's a myth that Hollywood just poof, switched to sound. It isn't true. Right. Um, now, also, there was a movie before this called Don Juan, which was a much bigger splash in the day because it was the first one with sound no it didn't do speech that's what really makes people think this is the one because they talk uh, not only do they talk in this movie he sings he sings in yes. hebrew right he sings in english mm -hmm. back then they would have to have the piano accomplishments sing the hebrew parts beyonglit behivrit kashem Ata, who's saying that? Where's that coming from? <laughs> Ata, <laughs> Baruch. Do you have any money? I am Baruch. Ata, I am Baruch. Hey, I heard if you go wook, you go Baruch. There you go. It's my little woke joke for you. Once you go Baruch, you never. So we're gonna see um, Baroque music. No, it's pronounced. Wait, Baruch Ata, right? Yeah, Baruch we're going to see a lot of Baruch Because he's a cantor, right? He's the son of a rabbi. Right. And his father wants him to be a cantor, but he of wants course. to sing contemporary music. Bingo. I see. I know of this. This is a pop culture touchstone. I've never seen this movie. We come from America. Today, I have seen the 1979 Neil Diamond movie called The Jazz Singer. Right. Back and then he could be balding like, and still a hero. Wasn't it interesting he did Jazz Singer and then he wrote a song about E.T., Turn On Your Heart Light. <laughs> that was his Hollywood years. Yes. Now, I, if I was an audience member in 1927, my ears and my eyes would be bleeding from this experience of hearing music coming from the film. Well, okay. 